I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. All right, today I want to welcome James Bond. He is a behavioral management and business marketing specialist. Specialist For 13 years, he ran one of Southern California's leading behavioral management firms working with a who's who of American businesses. Early in his career, he ran an advertising agency in Montreal, working a wide range of Fortune 500 and smaller firms. He is a past workshop chairman for the resource partner of the U.S. Small Business Administration. He has been featured as a guest speaker at three Southern California universities and has been a guest on a wide range of marketing and business podcasts. But one of his chief accomplishments is his authorship of the book, Brain Glue, which we are going to be talking about a lot today. James, welcome. Hi, Craig. Thank you for having me. So let's, uh, we're, we're going to get to Brain Glue and, and talk about that. But, you know, one of the questions that a lot of people have is, how did you get from there to here? And and so you're a, a marketer. And let me say this for the audience. You're a marketer that hates selling. Uh, by the way, <laughs> hated, I think- hated selling. I love it today. I hated selling. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to learn more about that. I think there's a lot of people that uh, a lot of marketers uh, don't like selling. I would count myself as one. Uh-huh. And um, and so I think there's something really interesting for us to explore there. Uh, obviously, we want to talk about how all this ties into leadership. But first, let's start about how you got started. How did you get started in marketing? Well, so I have a mechanical engineering background, but I, I dropped out of school just before I graduated even though I was at the top of my class, because they never real, you know, everybody said, you're good at math, go into, you know, mechanical engineering, you know, go into, and it was like, they didn't realize I also loved art and psychology. I love psychology in school. But so I started an advertising company and worked my way up. uh, And uh, my brother helped me for a period of time. And uh, we won major clients like Kraft Foods, Timex Watches, Avon Cosmetics, uh, Seagram's or World Headquarters in Montreal. I've been in Southern California for 36 or 37 years, but initially I started in Montreal in an advertising company. And uh, I remember we went into um, uh, Avon and Avon said it's between my brother, John and me were sitting there and to try to win a major project for Avon. And uh, the buyer from Avon said, Hey, John, that's my brother. It's between you and this other company. And frankly, I'd rather work with you guys, but your price is higher than the other guy. And so there's a pause, and then my brother leans across the desk and says, why do you think the other guy is so cheap? There's a pause that was really uncomfortable, and then the buyer from Avon, like straight out of a textbook, said, okay, I get your point. Let me write up a purchase order for you. And I thought, like, my head was going to explode. We don't have to lower our price. He's hiring us because our price is higher? 
what? And it was like fascinating for me. It was just really amazing. Later on, and you know, uh, now eventually I broke up with my brothers, so I had to learn how to sell. He was a great salesman. And uh, I remember Zig Ziglar, I went to a Zig Ziglar conference with my wife. It was fantastic, a workshop. And Zig Ziglar said, um, you know, selling is a trans, selling is a transference of passion. So hang on. So Pam, so selling is a transference of passion. The more passionate you are, the easier it is to sell. Nobody has to teach you how to sell. If you see a movie that's really fantastic, um, then, uh, you know, I don't have to tell you how to sell it. You could, like, I saw Hidden Figures. I loved it, you know, with the three black women in NASA. And it was like a fantastic movie. I love that movie. Nobody has to teach me how to sell it. And so when he said that, I started, I started to realize the power of passion. And Brain Glue sort of addresses this because it goes through, um, you know, we get passionate about what we're doing if we created a product or a service. But then school taught us to be logical. So we're all very logical people. And then when we, it comes to selling it, we try to be logical in how we sell, and that's wrong. So, and how I learned this was just for a second, how I learned this was I had an opportunity to win the anti drug campaign in America. So we came up with ads for with powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. And then I saw the ad that beat us, and it deserved to beat us. We deserve to lose. And it was a guy holding an egg saying, This is your brain. And crack the egg and drop, uh, crack the shell and drop the egg into a sizzling frying pan with exaggerated sizzling sound. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? When oh, yeah. I saw that, it terrified me. First, I knew this is profoundly more powerful than the logic that I was going to use in my, in, my, in my advertising. But the second one was it scared me because I went, how can I be in advertising and marketing and business and not know emotional selling? This was emotional selling. There's no logic behind it. I guess it's your brain gets fried is, is what they're trying to say. But when I realized that, it, it first it scared me, but the scientist in me said, this is, because I love psychology, this is amazing. How I don't how can I not understand emotional selling? It was just it blew my mind. So yeah, and I'm I'm interested in exploring that further. I really want to get back. How did this all start? I mean, what what got you interested in marketing and entrepreneurship? Well, my dad was an entrepreneur. He built a he built a few businesses, and he was very successful in business. And I was like always in the back. You know, I'm a, the oldest of four, you know, a boy, girl, boy, boy. So I got two brothers. So I remember my brother, my youngest brother, who's a CPA, uh, saying, you know, here we are folding towels. You know, he had a, a commercial laundry. That was one of the business he had. He had all these different businesses. And uh, it was good being in a personal laundry and you know, folding towels because whenever you'd fold the towels and you'd finally be done, guess what? A new shipment would come in. You have to start folding them again. So you kind of get used to, like in marketing, there are certain things that you have to just kind of do them, even if they're, you know, kind of boring, you still have to go through these things. So it taught me that, but it, it, it made me fascinated by how do you create a business? How does business generate income? And I really, I really didn't understand that. Um, And so as I, uh, you know, the more I learned about business, the more I became fascinated by how do I started in, as a photographer, okay, an advertising photographer, but I recognized that advertising is the is the boss of photography, okay, in, in commercial advertising. So I started learning advertising. Then 
I realized that marketing is the boss of advertising because marketing is how you put it all together, how everything fits together. So you decide who you want to focus on, how are you going to, what's the message you want to reach them with and how are you going to reach it with that message? And so I became fascinated by that, particularly because, of, again, I love psychology, though the psychology of it. That's why I built one of California's leading behavioral management firms like about uh, you know 27 years later is because I I understood, I was fascinated by how we act and how often it's different from what we think it is, how behavior works. And so, you know, from that, I just, you know, I started learning uh, behavioral management and that became like exciting to me because like uh, certainly in marketing, it's exciting because I can have the greatest product in the world. I remember um, um, John Gray was telling me he has this fantastic book. Uh, that he wrote called Men, Women, and Relationships, one of the most profound relationship books ever, okay? But he was struggling, and he sold like 20,000 copies. You know, he sold, and everybody who bought the book would love the book, but 20,000 copies, if you make a buck a book or two bucks a book, you you better get another job at McDonald's or somewhere, okay? But he got this crazy idea. What if I change the title to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and then tweak the content a little, so it's so it refers to it throughout the book, but it's the same basic book. What do you think happened just by changing the title? Sales exploded almost overnight. He went from selling twenty thousand copies to half a million copies almost overnight, then a million and two million. I have a friend, uh, uh, Steve Harrison, who helped him with marketing, and I, in my book I say he sold ten million copies. And Steve said, "Eh, wrong." I said, "Oh, did I mess up?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're over fifty million copies got sold already. Fifty million. Just because he changed the title, he went from 20,000 to 50 million copies. Wow. You know, why does that happen? And it just became so fascinating to me. I'm just like, you know, I just like, I became a student of something that most people don't look at. It's how do you start with nothing or almost no money and, and suddenly become massively wealthy, often zooming past, you know, huge companies, Fortune 500 companies that they're sitting there and then you just shoot past them and make a ton of money. And it's, it's, it's nobody's researched this. I researched this and I uncovered 14 brain triggers. And when you, when you understand the brain triggers, suddenly people start going like, wow, this is amazing. I, I saw this show on this, on the, uh, this um, history channel. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah let me stop. Yeah. Let me stop okay. you there. Okay. What, what are the 14 triggers? Uh, okay. <laughs> I have to remember them all. Uh, okay. So um well, let me give you this one example, and then I'll do the brain triggers, okay? Uh, because it's it's um, it applies to lots of different areas, you know? If the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. Got O.J. Simpson off from an almost certain guilty verdict, so that's rhyme, okay? Rhyme is a powerful tool, you know? Jack and Jill went up the hill, right? How many people know that one, right? It's wired into us, so rhyme is one of them. So the first one is set expectations, okay? You want to set the right expectations. Um, Muhammad Ali is a perfect example because he, he said, I am the greatest. And he actually said, I saw an interview, he was talking about it. And he said, I am the greatest. You know, what the greatest impact on, it had the greatest impact on me. Because if I'm telling the world, I am the greatest in public and I'm not, then people are going to start to under, you know, start to embarrass. I'm going to be embarrassed and humiliated. So I better be the greatest since I'm calling and saying I am the greatest. But setting the right expectation in advance. Let's say I'm going to present something to you, okay? And I know that you're going to get a little annoyed a little bit because I want to get past that to get to the point I make. 
if I say, hey, I'm going to tell you something, and don't, I know you're going to get all upset about it, but give me 35 seconds to just get past that because I want to make a point about this. It makes it easier to get to to help you understand, to get you to the point that you can actually be more receptive. You know, I saw this, uh, this guy so, that said... Yeah. Yeah. And let me jump in here. So that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, So number one is set expectations. I love the example that you provided. What's number two? Tribal alignment. (laughs) Uh, Tribal alignment. That's, uh, you know, we have in America, Trump versus Biden. Okay. If I say I love Trump, then some people are going to say, oh, wow, we're with you. And other people are going to say, we hate you. If I say I hate Trump, they're going to say, Oh, good. I'm with some people are going to say, yeah, go ahead. And other people are going to say, no, we hate you. You know, tribes, we live in tribes. Even even, you know, people who say they're not members of any tribe are members of, tri- you know, I don't follow anybody. Well, there are a lot of people that don't follow anybody or, you know, they're not part of a tribe. So when you understand what tribes people are in, it becomes easier to sell them because you can actually push them away by uh, announcing that you're in the wrong tribe. That's why one of the things I, anyway, uh, one of the things you want to do is you want to look at things like LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. I have this guy who's a, who's worth over a hundred million dollars. He's a a financial guy. And I went to his uh, LinkedIn page and I got some basic information, but I found that he has a Facebook page in the Facebook page. He's talking about his daughter who just got married. So I wrote a book called the secret life of fathers. I started something called the father daughter project. So when I got there, I started talking to him and I said, so your daughter just got married. He said, yeah, where'd you know that? So I saw it on your Facebook page. How's that like? And he started talking about it. I said, well, I started something called the Father Daughter Project. He said, oh, wow, really? And suddenly we became close because we made a connection. It works with masses also, because if you're doing advertising, if you can understand, you know, uh, I hate to quote Bill Cosby because we're not fans of Bill Cosby at all, but he had a great line. And he said, I don't know the secret of success, but the secret to failure is trying to please everyone. And he's yeah. right on that. Okay. So that's going to go through some of the other ones. I'll breathe. Yeah, through. no, that, that's a great example. And I love that you pointed that out. Despite Bill, you know, and this is something I've had to wrestle with in life. I've, I've known leaders that have influenced my thinking who then later had failings. And, you know, let's just kind of pause there for a second, because I think there's an important lesson for the audience here. Yeah, as we're talking about leadership, sometimes we learn things from flawed people. And so when you bring up Bill, when you bring up Bill Cosby, a flawed person, um, that yeah, and we don't we don't want to celebrate his flaws, but it doesn't mean he was wrong all the time. And there are things of value to take from that. And so I'm I'm glad he was successful. He was successful until he took advantage of himself success. But his work working up to the success. You know, I mean, he became a, a, a critical person. And the Cosby show was so important, particularly for black people loved it. But all of us loved it because he was showing a black family that was like, it, it didn't matter if it was black or white. And so what he did was profound until he passed the point where he became a jerk. Okay. He took advantage of it. But yeah. so, you know, we don't want to look at somebody like that, but we also want to understand if we look at success, what causes success, you know, I mean, success does, uh, you know, does mess people's minds. I've learned that with myself. I've helped companies who are massively in trouble suddenly have more money, generate more money than they ever thought they would ever have. And it's amazing how wealth can actually hurt, you know, to change how a person is. In fact, um, yeah, and let, George, let, 
George Eastman, who founded Eastman Kodak, was the richest man in the world, okay? And he shot himself. He committed suicide. And his note was, my work is done. That's because he focused on himself instead of trying to change the world. If he said, I'm going to take all the money I have and I'm going to try to give it back and try to make the world better, his work would never have been done. And that's why one of my favorite movies of all time is Pay It Forward. Is you know when you become successful, if you're just going to buy bigger cars and, and a bigger home and uh, have fun travel around the world and everything else, and you're not going to at least pay it forward, somehow it's karma. You know, your karma is going to come back and bite you. And, but it's just you know our purpose in life. If we're successful and we're not giving back to others and helping others make a difference, and you do it with this podcast, and I do it with the stuff I do with the U.S. Small Business Administration. I do volunteer work. I'll do it for like hundreds of people at a, at a time. And it's just, it's, 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 it makes you feel it's, it's a purpose in life that we have is to make a difference and help others. Obviously we want to make money and make a good living. I had this one guy who said, Oh, you're helping people get rich. You know, that's really, that's mean. That's nasty. I said, no, no, come on. Oprah Winfrey gets to help a lot more people than you get to help. So don't tell me about that. You know, he went like, yeah. oh, well, that's true. Okay. It's, yeah. Who said, if, you, if you get rich, you can, if you're not giving it back, then yeah, you are, you know, the wrong kind of person. Well, and that's a great reminder. So, so uh, we had number one, we had number two. What's number three? Uh, ease their understanding. Let me give you, I think a really great example. Okay. If I said, um, Americans discard 2.5 million plastic bottles every hour. What does that mean? It sounds like a lot. Is that a mean? Is that is that a lot? <laughs> but what if I said Americans discard 2.5 million plastic bottles every hour? That's enough to reach the moon every three weeks. Wow. Perspective. Whoa, you know, selling. If somebody's selling and trying to win a client, I have past, present, future, okay? I learned this with our advertising business. This has really helped me a lot. I remember I won Seagram's as a client by doing this. Past, have you ever worked with, I would say, have you ever worked with an advertising agency before or do you do it on your own? Okay, if, whatever they say, I if they do it on their own or they use an advertising agency, I say, well, what worked for you and what didn't work for you? That's past, present. Are you work, working with one now or are you doing it on your own? What's working for you now and what's not working for you now? And then if you got to work with somebody that would really help you, what would be the ideal situation? past, present, future. So I was working at an opportunity to win Seagram's. And then before I learned this, I would just show them all the samples of our portfolio. And then hopefully one would stick. <clears throat> but the buyer from Avon, <clears throat> when I asked him the question, he said, I said, well, have you worked with an agency before? Yeah, I mean, uh, for, to, for some of the things that we were working on, obviously they work with big advertising agencies. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what worked for you and what didn't work for you? He said, well, I'll tell you what didn't work for us is we spent $50,000 to $100,000 a pop for, to, for bottle design, the bottle and label. And it's got to look really great because it's sitting on a shelf. And often people will choose it because, you know, of the bottle or the label. And uh, we have people that just, you know, advertisers that don't understand that. So I said, oh, well, we actually did work with a lighting catalog. And a lighting manufacturer had hundreds of lights that are glass and plastic and everything else in different shapes and textures. And I started showing him that. And he said, oh, we got to work with you guys. You guys understand this. And it's all because, you know, instead of me showing him all the samples and hoping I would find something that's helpful, I said, you know, what worked for you and what didn't work for you? When he told me that, I suddenly realized I can focus just in on this and win him as a client. And I did. I could I walked out there. It was like the first time I did it. And I was like, whoa, this really works. This is amazing. But yeah, so that's, uh, you know, 
ease their and, understanding. So ease your understanding. So that's number three. So, um, and so there's 14 triggers and they're in the book brain glue. Yeah. Okay. I saw this show. So I was just telling you, I saw this show on uh, Bobby Flay and he's a master chef and he's all over TV. So the first TV show they came up with for him was called boy meets grill. <laughs> and he talked about grilled food, not boy meets girl. So he took a phrase that is common in the brain. It's already stuck in the brain. Boy meets girl. And he came up with boy meets grill. Okay. That's one. Then in the show, they're talking about Jamie Oliver, another guy who had the naked chef. Naked is a trigger word. I love, I love saying this. Okay. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 Richard Branson. What is Richard Branson and olive oil have in common? Virgin. Yeah. Virgin olive oil and Virgin, Virgin Records. I mean, and then Virgin Airlines. Um, George, Richard Branson recognized that a trigger word like virgin is going to get people's attention. They go like, what? What? <laughs> you know, and it's like, he's virgin everything. You name it. He started buying all these companies and putting the name virgin on it. Virgin this, virgin that, virgin this. And he's, he owns this whole mass of companies that are all virgin companies. But he recognized the power. You know, he, he, he went. I didn't have a lot of money, but I was competing in the beginning. He was competing paying with record companies but he didn't have a lot of money so he was a uh, virgin management and then he became virgin records and so he was able to win people like uh, the rolling stones and some of these other people mostly because they liked him but they loved the fact that it's virgin records what can i say you know yeah, so when indeed. you learn these you know trigger words can really be helpful I, and i love dirty and and, and i'm sorry I've, I've um i would love to hear more i do really hope that people We'll get your book, Brain Glue, because it sounds like there's a lot of nuggets in there. But we, unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, let me ask you this. If you have one piece of leadership advice for people, um, what would that be? So whenever you're trying to sell something, start with logic, okay? Start with a logical description. There was a um, a woman came up with a, a toilet stool, you know, a stool so you can raise your feet when you're on the toilet. It actually helps you better. So the first thing she came up with was the name toilet stool. But then she went, that's not really a really good name. But and what's another way to say toilet? And it's potty. Okay. And while I'm sitting like this, I'm squatting. Squatty potty. Squatty potty was took a mom and her son with no business experience. In, two, in less than two years, they generated $100 million of sales because of the name. So what you want to do is you want to start with a logical description of what it is, what your product or service is, and then come up with an emotional way to explain it. And when you do that, it becomes easier to sell and you just make a ton of money. Does that make sense? That does. Thank you for sharing that. Well, James, thank you for coming on Leaders and Legacies. Obviously your book is Brain Glue. Uh, there's 14 triggers uh, to unlock sales. I think uh, we, we got to hear three and I think people should reach out and learn, discover the other ones. Uh, how would people reach you if they want to reach out and contact you? Well, the easiest way to do it is go to yesbrainglue.com. Okay. Yesbrainglue.com. And first it will give you a lot of insight about what, how brain glue works, but it also it talks about me and my background and stuff. And you have contact for me also, but I think, you know, I mean, hopefully you buy the book, but even if you don't buy the book, if you go to yesbrainglue.com, I think it's going to trigger a lot of things with you as you're going to go through this and you're going to realize how powerful and easy it is to suddenly apply something like this so that you accelerate sales and you have fun. I can't tell you how many people suddenly when they develop something like brain glue, 
uh, for themselves, they actually have a lot more fun sharing it because people buy from you, first of all, you know, and sometimes they're even laughing while they're buying from you. Laughers are buyers, by the way. That's another brain glue tool. But yeah, yesbrainglue.com is a great place to check it out. All right. Well, thank you, James. Thanks for being on Leaders and Legacies. Oh, thank you so much, Craig. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making an impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.